I have one of my dear friends on the show today, Jonathan Van Ness. You may know them as JVN, host of Getting Curious, Hair Guru on Queer Eye, or all of the above. Today's conversation is sometimes playful, sometimes serious, and always a good time. This is 4D with Demi Lovato. Well, hello, Jonathan. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I, I just had so much fun doing your podcast, Getting Curious. And I am so excited to have you on my podcast now, 4D with Demi Lovato, me. And I am just, I just, I love you. Thank you so much for having me. And I love you yeah. so much. And thank Aww. you for coming on Getting Curious. And also, as I, um, I said in that episode that... Every time I see you or hang out for the first like two years, I'm gonna be like the wave of nervousness is <laughs> gonna come so back. Cute. And I'm no, it totally with did. You. I was like, what's this feeling? Is it the coffee or my nervous? I do I just love you so much. Um it's still like surreal for me that I'm even like in a position in my life where I can be with someone who I like have loved and respected and just like, you know, admired your work for such oh. a long time. So it's just you know, that's just like amazing and thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. Um, oh my gosh. Every time I have someone on this show, I want to give them the opportunity to introduce themselves, whether that's comedian, uh, hair guru, or just really, really sweet friend of mine. Like, uh, I love which... all those things. <laughs> I love all those things. Not to sound weird, but like, see me as I am. Um, I don't know. I uh, love to help people. I'm really passionate. I'm really curious. I also am really into this idea of like, what I've been through as like an HIV positive non-binary person. Um, I had a lot of struggles and uh, issues like getting, you know, access to healthcare. And um, there's a lot of stigma that I experienced as someone living with HIV that I want to help people live through. And there's a lot of uh, stigma for so many people that's intersectionally affecting folks that are within mm-hmm. the HIV positive community that I also want to be able to speak to. So yeah, I just want you to see me as like a multifaceted person um, yeah. who has lots of, lots of feelings uh, that I, you know, want to share with people. <laughs> I really think that I'm like, I'm really a multi-hyphenate. I am a comedian. I'm an author. I'm an entertainer. I'm a hairstylist. I'm a producer. Um, I am an activist. I am all of those things. I'm also like a cat parent and a dog parent. And um, yeah, I'm, yeah. And I'm also someone who just adores you. Oh, <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. You're so wonderful. Your work that you do is so inspiring and... Um, it's so positive. Um, but do you ever feel like being held as a beacon of positivity affects you in a different way? Yeah, I think that like being held up as this like, you know, beacon of positivity is, it's a huge blessing. And I love that I have been able to like, have this experience. I, I think that I try to like, I think if anything, it's made me feel, um, Mm, yeah, different for sure. And more like trying to change the perception of positivity into what is more authentic and in, in that like, yes, I am a positive person, but I'm also someone who gets angry and gets upset and feels things. And, you know, I have guilt, I have shame, like I wrote a whole book about it. One thing that I think about is just like, wanting to um, 
show that there is just more dimensionality to me uh, than what you might see on Queer Eye. And I think that in anything that we're seeing with any public figure in any space, it's like just, and I think that I've even learned this in in my career because I've like, definitely I feel like in the first year of Queer Eye, I was like quick to get on Twitter and be like, why is so-and-so doing this? Or like, why is someone doing that? It's like, I was very quick to like, call someone out or like want someone to do better and then it's like well let's be really clear about like what I'm doing and like how I'm approaching Mm. my platform and I'm definitely not someone who is like always in positive I've like I've fucked up all sorts of times um and where I could have done better all sorts of times and um I've had my ass handed to me in all sorts of ways and Mm. so uh that have not brought out like my most uh positive uh you know aspects uh you know in all sorts of ways uh so that's that (laughs) and but yeah, I, I think that it makes you feel like you can't mess up or that people are like quick to be like, gotcha, you know? Right, right. So, and that's okay because things do come with the territory. But I also think that like, I always find myself saying not to answer in like 10 minute sentences. And also when I fucking ask questions <laughs> on my podcast, it also takes me 10 minutes to answer goddamn question. I guess I like hearing myself <laughs> talk. Um, but we, uh, I forgot what I was going to say because I got nervous about talking too much. It'll come to me later. <laughs> You're all good. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Can we start with your childhood like what gave you joy as a child yes oh yes bread pretzels with like nacho (laughs) cheese um miniature powdered donuts the 1992 olympics actually but before that let's not get ahead of ourselves the 1991 world figure skating championships and the whole precipice of the 1994 olympics which was a whole like tanya moment i was very like (gasps) christy yamaguchi nancy tanya those were my homegirls. those were my everything those were my sun my moon my stars they were like wow. my pre-Michelle Kwan. I was really obsessed with figure skating, really obsessed with gymnastics, mm-hmm. really obsessed with Whitney and Mariah. Um, Work. Though all of those snacks that I just mentioned also really got me through. She yeah. had Miller, honey. Um, obviously, the most decorated, well, at the time, the most decorated, she was the most decorated American athlete of the 1992 Barcelona Games. Um, yes. You know, there's still, you know, still a little controversial. Everyone loves them, a Tatiana Tatsu moment, but... Did Shannon really lose to her? You know, who knows? You know, there's a lot of controversial one-two finishes, okay? <laughs> I said what I said. Uh, Tatiana Gutsu. Tatiana Gutsu. Yes, Jonathan, get your 1992 gymnasts right, okay? Wow. Um, but yeah, those really brought me joy and continued to do so. I also, as a child, much like now, am someone who had, like, lots of curiosities, so, like, rocks, stamps, like, wait, collecting wait, wait. shit. You collected rocks? Rocks, stamps, wildflowers, I had a rock things. collection. You did? I did. I used to collect rocks um, either if I traveled somewhere. Like one time I went to New Mexico and I went to um, visit my my dad that was out there. And we went to this hot air balloon festival. And uh, I picked up a rock that was out there that, you know, I always just loved and 
I don't know. I, I held on to it for years. I didn't realize that most of the rocks I had collected were actually crystals. And I uh. continue to collect crystals to this day. So I just th I thought that was a really beautiful correlation between the fact that I was already looking at crystals as a child and didn't realize their spiritual meaning. I love that too for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I think Thank I, like, you. I need to like locate my rock collection. There's definitely like some geodes in there, which I feel like is like, that's crystal-y. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But, but I think I also just liked like some, you know, rocks. Like, oh, yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> had like some just like dirty old rocks in there that I just felt connected to. I don't know. And I was like, this is like a dinosaur fossil. But meanwhile, it's probably just like got like banged up like by some yeah. other rock. But I just like, I was yeah. like desperate for there to be fossils. Like, I, oh, same. Uh, Jurassic Park. It, it, like, I was like, this is definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely a fossil. Okay, get out okay. of here. Okay. I have to tell you, I got a pair of dinosaur eggs when I was in Sedona recently. And it is like the coolest collection to my rock collection. Yeah, I... I'm shook. I, they, you have to Are come over closed? and see them. They're, they're closed. <laughs> yes. They're like an they're, intact egg. They're two intact dinosaur eggs. Yeah. In a fossil. So, in like a big oh, fossil no, rock. Like, I was like, so have you shake? I was like... No, 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 no. They're like in a fossil. Jonathan, you're such a dumb dumb. Sometimes I can't help you. A fossil no. dinosaur is major. <laughs> obsessed. Yeah, you have to come see. Wait, yes. Um, but also Twister. Were you are you too young to have been obsessed with not with the, the video, movie not Twister? Yes, of course I was obsessed with the movie Twister because you know what? That movie made me want to be a chief meteorologist after <laughs> I saw it. I was like, I'm gonna go chase tornadoes. <laughs> Me too. Yes. I like, yes. Oh, I'm still not over it. I'm still not over it. Bill Paxton. It's so no good. I am obsessed. It's I'm so not, good. We got cows. I love Twister <laughs> so much. We got yeah. cows. We got cows. <laughs> and talk about a head of hair. That blow dry on that therapist girlfriend that just was not right for him, but like still bless her heart. Like we loved her. Like oh my the God, I, don't, says, I have to cows. go back and watch it. It's such I a, might like, watch it tonight, actually. Oh, it's, oh my God. Twister. Just, it is such a good movie. Oh, it does it for me. Yes. And there's young people listening to this because I feel like you probably have a very like multifaceted like range of fans. I feel like you probably have a lot of like young folks. If you have not seen Twister, it is like and Forrest Gump. And Forrest Gump, yes. Yes, of course. But Twister is is a different cultural experience. Not to be one of those people that's older than someone and then to be like, well, when I was your age, but I do feel like this <laughs> thing happened like in the last two years, like like 32 and up. I, I feel like that was the moment where I started being like, people don't know about the 1996 Olympics anymore. Like mm. they have not seen Sister Act 1 and 2. They don't know mm -hmm. Twister. They don't know Forrest Gump. They don't know like some of the stuff that like – is just so formative that I just thought that everyone knew. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, wait, okay, so you said that you've had a supportive family. And what does that look like to you? Yeah, I mean, my mom is amazing. I had an amazing stepdad who passed away um, of cancer in 2012, who I think about oh, all the I'm time. So and sorry. I loved it. It's okay. He, I read about him a lot in my book. And he, you know, I would not have... Um, 
been who I am today without like seeing, you know, what my, my therapist and what a packed therapist would call like a secure functioning relationship. So like, it was really good for me to see like their relationship up close. Um, and yeah, but I mean, also when I say supportive family, like we also had a lot of struggles and there was also a lot of um, really, really tough times that not to like keep yeah. referencing my goddamn fucking memoir, but um, I, we know which I talk about and I'm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I mean, they were supportive, but I think that we definitely like had our struggles in getting there. I am, you know, a survivor of sexual abuse. I'm someone who has dealt with drug addiction. And so I think, you know, all of those things, you know, manifested at a young age. And so it has been hard to, you know, rectify that with my family. But I think that they are still there for me. They love me. They have been there for me through every step of the way, even though we have really differed on like our opinions and worldviews and maybe how those things transpired. Also, even just saying some of those things, it's like a lot of times I think that we have this false expectation of our family to be these perfect people that aren't going to hurt us and aren't going to like really hurt us and really maybe do things that aren't ultimately supportive and are actually kind of destructive and like not supportive. And I think that we all have to think for ourselves, like, well, how much of that are we, you know, willing to entertain? And and because of, um, you know, fi- financial limitations and, you know, societal limitations, a lot of times you might have a family that isn't supportive and you can't up and leave. You're not old enough to up and leave. You have to stay there, you know, for your safety right. and, and, you know, barring like, you know, your physical imminent danger. And that's also its whole other, you know, conversation. Um, but I think that we all... I know that for speaking from experience, I was always really bothered by this idea that I wasn't normal and that what I was going through wasn't normal and that my sexuality wasn't normal and my gender identity wasn't normal and and the things that I was interested in weren't normal. I got bullied a lot. I got made fun of like mercilessly like all the time. Uh, And so I I was really scared that I wasn't normal. And I think that what makes me feel, um, including the support level of my family as compared to other people. So I think one thing that I would want people to know is, is that, you know, normal is as abnormal as there are people in the world and we all have our own Mm. experience and so that feeling of like isolation or loneliness that like you know no one else must be going through this or no one else must know what this feels like there is human connection and there are people that know what you're going through and can and can be that humanity and that human connection for you if you can be vulnerable enough to reach out for it even in spite of having been hurt before and so that is really I think ultimately like what life is. It's like taking the chance to be vulnerable and take risks with people, even though we have been hurt. And we do have reasons to like shut down and, you know, and run away and hide. And that's especially true of family. So I would just say like Dion von Furstenberg taught me this, honey. And so like if we said it, it's true not to name drop. But she said, you know, the most important relationship we will ever have is the relationship with ourselves. And I also think societally speaking, we get taught, you know, there's like these hallmark ideas, like what our parents should be like. And, you know, these like relationships that we would have with our family and then it's like oh my god I don't have that I don't feel that like maybe there's something wrong with me honey no like there's as many relationships with your parents and your family as there are like I said people in the world so just take to take the pressure off a little bit we are all where we are and is it, let's really work on our relationship with with ourselves. and I think that can really help weather a lot of storms oh that's beautiful well you said it yourself you said that we both are survivors in many ways um, survivors of sexual assault, survivors of addiction, trauma, the trauma of fame. Um, what was that initial emotional exca- excavation like for you? You know, putting your truth out there 
and revealing so much of your truth. How was that for you? It was, it was cool, you know. It was like, it was like, it was one of those things where, like, you know, I felt really driven because I Mm -hmm. felt like I did not want anyone else to go through some of the hardships that I went through. Once the book came out, and once I started, like, once I found myself on, like, you know, like, you know, the like the nightly show with Stephen Colbert talking about like what undetectable equals untransmittable and like talking about like living with HIV. I was just like, this escalated quickly. This is like yeah. a lot. And I just, but I mean, it was good, but there was just like, Brene Brown calls it like vulnerability hangover. And I talk a lot about Brene's work, like in my book. I love on Queer Brene Eye. Brown. Like, I love her so much. I can't stand. It. I just look up to her so much. I think that her work is so incredible. Um, and she's another person who's, you know, work in scholarship. I don't think that I would be where I am without it either. Cause I really think that her work has changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, on vulnerability and in her in her books. In my book, I talk about like internal family systems or like parts therapy, which is something that I'm like really, really into. And I think if I had to talk about my own system, it's like the part that I was really driven to share my story was like wanting to help, you know, ease other people's suffering. It was also wanting to be able to tell my story on my own terms because living in such a public space and, you know, living with HIV, I felt like I was nervous to talk about it for such a long time because I didn't want to be defined by my status. Mm -hmm. Um, But then eventually I felt like, oh my God, I feel like I really do need to talk about this because I feel like I'm like sacrificing what my truth and my experience is and a lot of my platform because I can't talk about all of the aspects of what I've gone through and, and dealt with. And so for that reason, I felt really, really driven. Then I, you know, did the press tour and from the time the book came out, which was in September until the pandemic, which was in March of 2020, it's like a six month period. It, it was amazing. But I think I also really felt like a little tiny bit, not, yeah, a little traumatized, I think. Just, you know, seeing people say stuff on Twitter, like, you know, making jokes of like, you know, me dying of AIDS or me like just a lot of like, there were just so many things that I saw that were really, really intense and just such an assault on who I am and, and the work that I've done that it was just, it kind of, and I'm still think I'm dealing with the trauma, honestly, because sometimes I feel like I haven't been able to be as vulnerable since. And I'm scared to like talk about certain things. Cause it's just, Sometimes people can just be like not to complain, but they can they can just be so fucking mean, especially yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. And I and I think that when you just see certain things written and said about yourself, it just and I think that there's also been times, not necessarily on Twitter, but I think in my mind and like especially before becoming a public figure, where like you don't really know how how much that sucks until you've experienced it. Right. And it does hurt really bad. Well, you can never really prepare for the way that people knock you down. You you can never really prepare for that moment when when all of a sudden someone on the internet is tearing you apart. You know, I've I've experienced it too and it it's an awful awful feeling, but what I have learned is that for every person that's talking negatively about me, there's another fan online that's saying something positive about my spirit, my soul. Um, not just my voice or who I am as a person. So I always find that there's always a lover for every hater that's out there. 
I think that's true tenfold in like, you know, like, well, actually like 150,000 fold in your case, maybe hopefully like tenfold <laughs> in mine. Um, but I do, my, you know, according to my therapist, she says that like, it's our negativity bias that makes us really stick to those like, the negative things that people say. And that's really like our survival instinct, like scanning the horizon for like the tiger that's going to come fucking kill you in your sleep. And like, <laughs> you know, that's your survival instinct and like, right. you know, just going overdrive because especially if you're a survivor, you have been through a lot. And I think also in this industry, you have, there is so much expectations and like false, both false and real, like all of it. And it's hard to like decipher your reality when you're getting so much information from so many places and, it's just a lot, but I'm into it. I love it. I'm really happy and I want to keep doing it. Really, I want to talk about like, you know, HIV social safety nets and the gender binary and people that live outside of it and LGBTQ equity and really LGBTQ liberation. And those are the things that I want to focus on. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You said that when you first became famous or recognizable, that people stopping you on the street was joyous. Also, it can be sometimes triggering. Can you talk about protecting yourself while still being an open person and being open to connection with people? My husband and I were on our honeymoon in the Turks and Caicos this summer. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting there at dinner and these two really sweet girls came up to us at dinner. And I just like... Didn't want to fucking do it. And I was just like, yeah. Queens. I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll do it with you. And like, on our way out, like, I'll take a selfie. But like, I just like, we're like, I'm like at dinner with my husband, like watching the sunset. Or, and like, I just, no, I'm gonna say yeah. I love you so much. And then as soon as I did it, I felt so fucking bad. Because they were right. just these like, nice fucking, like, 19 year old girls. And I was right. just like, oh, I'm a bitch. I'm a bad person. <laughs> so then I had to like send them an appetizer and then I had to send them a note and then I was like girls will you please come back up and take a fucking selfie I'm so sorry I'm an <laughs> asshole I'm like so um, sorry I'm a nightmare and then I like felt bad about it for three days so now I'm just like girl take the fucking picture and then sometimes yeah. if I'm like late to like you know growing where I'm going like at least in New York I just would be like because sometimes you know what it really is it's like when you're trying to go somewhere and you know like when like someone's like passing out pamphlets but you're not trying to like stand there and like have a conversation about the yeah. pamphlets because you're late to your dentist appointment or like yes. you know your cat just died or whatever the fuck like yeah. you're going through it and you're just like <laughs> putting your headphones on because you're like not trying to like talk to the person with the pamphlet. That's kind of like what it's like except for everyone has a pamphlet, right? Right. So sometimes you want to learn about stuff but other yeah. times you just Other- want to go to your goddamn dentist appointment. <laughs> 
Um, so right. really it's just like now I'm kind of just like, oh, will you like walk with me to my dentist appointment? Because I just don't want to like stand here. Like, like, like I just don't yeah. want to stand here. So just, I'll just like take my little headphones off. I'm like, okay, queen, it's fine. Let's just come walk with me. Yeah. And then that's, <laughs> that, that works for me now, like out in the wild, but I'm like, I'm just don't stop right in front of me. Like just like come yeah. with me and then we'll, and then we can take a selfie on the road and, you know, or on the way. And there's yeah. go places and I'm already late anyway. So I usually just don't have a time to like dabble, you know? I love that. Just walk with me. Just walk with me. Come on. I love that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> you seem comfortable being vulnerable. Yeah, I'm comfy. Yeah, I'm comfy. <sighs> Is this your natural state of being? Well, not to quote Brene Brown all the time, but, you know, she does say that, like, people that are the most happy are the ones who are the most willing to be vulnerable. So, because mm. you can't, like, you know, do the whole, like, selectively, like, numbing your feelings thing. Because yes. then if you, but I still try. So I'm not saying that I'm perfect. So yeah. I do still try. And when I say that, I mean, yeah, I'll sit on the couch and watch, like, every women's Olympic team final from 2004 to, like, 16 and, like, snack on a bunch of shit because I just like you know what it is it's like the vignettes it's like those little like NBC like vignette packages about like their little like training things like behind the scenes and then they're like there's like the slow motion of them like waving to the crowd when they like come out <laughs> when I think about like where my trauma is it's because I'm like all I ever wanted to do was like star in my own vignette as like a gymnast growing up but it just like wasn't my truth which is why I probably now as a stand-up comedian like all of my shows open up with me in a literal um, USA leotard doing like a full on floor routine, like on a bouncy track. Like that's I'm obsessed literally with how my routine, like that's like what my stand up like set starts out with. <laughs> I'm a nightmare. So, so yes, it is my natural state. However, sometimes I just want to sit on the couch and watch like the Olympics for six hours. Like, you know, with my husband and my cats and I don't really want you to fucking talk to me. And you can come over and do that whenever you want. You, I feel like you should come over. We should go into my theater and we should watch the women's Olympics. And you can show me all of the people that you're talking about because I only know of a handful. Is your inclination towards figure skating? That's kind of what I yes. hear you saying. Are you actually? Yes. 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 Yeah, I guess it is. And, and then now, obviously, it's Simone Biles. And Ugh. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, she's like iconic. Uh, iconic. But there's like iconic, honey. But there's also like, I mean, there's just like a lot of iconic American gymnasts who are like electoral heroines, not to sound like wow. Moira, but it's no, like literally uh, just like, <laughs> and even like, like international queens who just have like, you know what it is, both the figure skating and gymnastics. And again, back to those vignettes, they do such a good job setting the stage. For, mm. like, you know, those little, like, dramatic packages, like, before it starts, where, it like, do you know what I'm saying when I say I these, think, like, NBC vignettes? I don't think I know. It, like, sets the stage of, like, it'll be, like, every little girl has a dream to win gold. And then it'll oh, be like, yes, the Romanian yes. team going like this. And then, like, the American <sighs> team being, like... And then, like, yeah, like, yes, 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 yes. yes. It's like that. And then it's like the gold medal spinning on like the seamless studio background, and like the girl sitting on like the apple box, like, and then like Natalie Imbruglia starts, and it's like, you want to know how I know that what I know this is like is because before UFC fights, they they do the same vignettes, and they're like, you know. And now, or the the new, or whatever they say, you know, they're like, who's it going to be? And they do the vignettes. They're so emotionally stirring, these vignettes. What yes. is that psychologically that is just... But also I think it's because I was, like, little when it started. And you know how, like, 
It's like if you watched, um, like, Hocus Pocus, for instance. My makeup artist, I think it's my makeup artist. Who was it? It was some of my life. I can't remember who right now. But they did not watch Hocus Pocus when they were little. And so they don't think it's cool now. They think it, like, is a shitty movie. And I'm like, you're fucking crazier than a shithouse rat. I don't haven't seen shit. it since I was little. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't Only seen it since ones? I was little. Yeah. It's I'm going to have to rewatch hair. it. It's the hair and the makeup makes it like a queer classic. And when they do the I put a spell on you breakdown with Bette Midler fronting it. Work. It's really Work. like, ooh, the hair and the makeup. Did you just see that thing on, um, I think it was Drinks for Gays. I put it on my Insta stories the other day. Do you follow Drinks for Gays on Instagram? No, I don't. Really genius, like, like perfection memes. Like they really make me lull on like a daily basis. Okay. But. So in Hocus Pocus and Friends, like that, in the opening of Friends, like that. Yes, I saw that. It was the same water fountain. I honestly wanted to go to the horizon and like push it to make sure I wasn't on the Truman Show. I was like, is everything (laughs) fake? Like, is there like someone in the fucking controls up there? Yeah. Like, this is too much that those, I don't know why that upset me on such a level, but that really, I don't know what that was. (laughs) That that is like very. I was shooketh, shooketh after. It was like the it was like that. the equivalent of not that you asked, but the last salon that I had in LA before I stopped doing hair full time was literally three blocks away from the house that they use for the exterior shots of the fucking Golden Girls. Wow. Yeah, I used to like go eat lunch across from it when I was a hairdresser, but then the lady that lived there asked me not to after like a year. <laughs> That's incredible. I used to like go sit across the street and just like eat my snacks because it was just like two blocks away from the salon. And then she was like, can you not? Like, we don't like when people do that. And I was like, oh, I'm, I live. And she's like, no, you don't. And I was like, I mean, okay, I'll, bye. I was like, I live right there. She was like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. I was like, okay. it's my crop top and my accent that's, like, giving it away. that I Because I bet you, like, so many queer people just, like, come to that, like, street when they realize. I'm just, like, sure. Like, do photo I'm shoots. Sure. I literally used to go do, like, when Insta stories first started, I feel like I was still doing hair. And I was, like, every day I was, like, walking in front of I just was obsessed with that house. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I have one more question for you. Um, I ask all of my guests when they come on this show, what does living in the fourth dimension mean to you? I think living in the fourth dimension for me, if I'm really giving an authentic answer, which I want to, 
I feel like it's those moments when you really realize that we are not these stories that we tell ourselves. And that that ultimately to me is like what means to be present. It's like what yes. it means to be present. And um, it it means that I'm not in the future. It means that I'm not in the past. It means that I'm like right here. And I think that in some ways I'm so grateful for my life and for my recovery and for the opportunities that I've been given, even like sitting here mm-hmm. with you, like it still is like surreal mm-hmm. for me after like two hours, I still like kind of can't believe. And sometimes <laughs> I, I feel love like I you. have this, but sometimes I feel like I have this like protective part in, you know, in my system that like almost tries to like kind of come out and almost like wants to numb some of the amazing things that have happened. Cause it's like, I almost feel like I couldn't like, really feel how amazing it's been. Like, even just looking at my cute shoes behind me, even thinking about, like, that I have a fucking house, that I have, like, a safe place to live, that I can have five cats, that I have, like, a husband who loves me, that, like, I don't want to self-destruct all the time. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm so grateful for it. Like, I almost couldn't handle it. But then ultimately what living in the fourth dimension means is that I actually am strong enough to handle it. And my centered self actually, like, can sit with all of these feelings and experiences and I actually do have the capacity to experience the joy and the setbacks in the present moment. Um, It's just I have parts in my system that, you know, when I'm not in that fourth dimension, honey might come out. And sometimes I listen to those voices when really my centered self is like, no, no, honey. It doesn't mean that your story isn't true because our narrative and what we've been through is our story. And it is true. But it's also true that we are so much deeper than that. And we are such layer beautiful people that could never be summed up into like, that that because it's it's that whole definition of like we are just such our humanity is so much more broad than the story that we tell ourselves yeah wait that is the that is a perfect answer that's why I asked that question is for answers like that so you absolutely crushed that and I'm sorry I landed my triple lutz with no double footed landing um mic drop Okay. Mic drop or skate drop I don't I don't know how it would be like it'd be like plus five goe It'd be like that. For like, cause you, that's like the highest like grade of execution that you can get. But I, maybe you can get more than that. But I'm pretty sure that's like the highest. Or at least it's very high. Well, it's that plus 12. Wow. You better Work. tell the ISU there's been a judging change. Okay. <laughs> there has been a judging change. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for talking to me on my podcast. But also f- doing your podcast. I had so much fun. Um. We absolutely need to hang out immediately. I can't wait. I love you so much. All right. I'll talk to you later, Jonathan. Bye.